Hello, I'm Harry. Hello, I'm Rory, and welcome back to Games on Film. Happy New Year! It's only, what, mid-February? <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Rory? I'm doing peachy. Thank you very much for asking. How about you? I'm doing okay. It's almost like we haven't seen each other for ages, even though we saw each other this week. But hey, <laughs> this is, this is we're, we've got our podcast faces on now. We're podcasting in an amazing year, it looks like, for video game movies and TV shows and I got a theme park at Chessington World of Adventures. <laughs> so it's all, and you've got a, a report on, you've been to a, a, you went to Super Nintendo World. So, wow, I'm just not going to be able to have a single thought to myself, which isn't dominated by some pre-existing IP. <laughs> Where do we even begin? Well, we thought as we've been away for a little break, we would have a preview of 2023 and then follow that with a look at one of the major movies coming out in 2023. Indeed, maybe what our podcast has been working towards, the Super Mario Brothers movie. And we're going to venture back in anticipation of this new movie to look back at the very first Super Mario Brothers animation, a 1986 Japanese-only release. Mm. Super Mario Brothers: The Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach. Brilliant. So we've got a video game movie buffet followed by a Super Mario Brothers dessert, which makes sense because in that film they have a a bakery for some reason. <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves. But also we've been thinking ahead about what's coming up in the future of video game releases because we're also featured in Rolling Stone. Oh yeah, how how many subscribers have we got off that? Have we been <laughs> rolling in? Ah, I don't know. But that was very nice to have a chance to talk about video game movies and also to talk about um, the Last of Us, which is currently now showing and will appear in a future episode, but that's mm -hmm. really sort of kicked off twenty twenty three pretty nicely you up to date with the last of us uh i still need to watch episode five. Oh, i must be the only person in the world who hasn't watched episode three for the amount of people telling me oh my god you gotta watch episode three oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that was the one that the hype for episode three is what convinced me to uh start watching it and then i remembered i was doing a video game movie podcast so um yeah uh, yeah but you're going to have to wait for that episode. What else is happening? We, we started this podcast almost five years ago, and there was a, a rash of video game adaptations which demanded our attention. Why uh, would you use the word time. rash? 
well, a plague. So we, we, we had the light. We had the Alicia Vikander Tomb Raider movie, and that was followed by Ready Player One, I believe, and then mm-hmm. Rampage with friend of the show Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, but can you imagine? There's a kid that summer whose life was changed forever in those three <laughs> weeks, and he's gonna grow up. He's like, "Core, blimey, I can't." He's five years older. He's now directing his first Hollywood movie, <laughs> inspired by all these. Average to fairly yeah. okay <laughs> video game related movies. Um, but actually, this coming spring, we've got a, a whole lot to look forward to. The the aforementioned Super Mario Brothers movie, which we will get onto in, in, in detail in terms of Super Mario later on in this episode, that is released on 7th of April. Oh, we're the Mario Brothers and plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. When your sick is in trouble, you could call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. Huh. Thank you, Super Mario Bros. It seems like the only thing you haven't drained is my bank account. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. For super service, call or text Super Mario Bros. Plumbing today at 92955-MARIO. Or reach us on the World Wide Web at smbplumbing.com. We've uh, recently seen a very fun teaser trailer using the Super Mario Brothers oh, rap. You're talking about child being affected as a child. Seeing that 30-second Super Bowl advert with the rap from the Mario Brothers classic cartoon series, Super Mario Super Show. Gosh, it was, it was like that bit in Ratatouille when the man eats the food. I can't remember the name of the food at the moment. But... <laughs> um, yeah, I was taken back. Oh, I was so good. It could have only been better if the ambassadors of funk made an appearance, but we've got the credits to wait for that. <laughs> um, but before that gets released, um, there is, uh, as we were just recording, they've just dropped, I say dropped, the trailer for the Tetris movie, which premieres mm-hmm. at South by Southwest Festival in March before being released on Apple Plus tv or just apple tv apple tv plus um that gets released on 31st of march the trailer looks great it looks i mean it looks exactly as advertised it tells you the crazy story about how the tetris game got uh i guess became the behemoth that it was or at least the, the start of that story but i guess in this day and age it's just very odd to see a very russian-centric film coming out which is i think partly just explains why it got delayed didn't it so it also looks pretty wiggy and mustachey <laughs> and beardy. I know. I saw a picture of Taron Adjutin. Is that his name? And I was like, he should be playing Mario. <laughs> should be his his face there, just deep faked onto Mario. He's like the one human face. <laughs> I guess the um, other release, which is right. Tangentially related to the podcast, and we may cover it, is Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Being it's an adaptation of a tabletop game as opposed to a video game, but we've done Clue, so <laughs> you know it's I mean, games on know, film. Well, our battleship, our battleship episode is locked and loaded, ready to go. Rihanna's finger is on the fire button for about five years now. <laughs> like. We'll tag her when we do it. We'll say, Rihanna, it's time. (laughs) (laughs) And also recently announced was Resident Evil Death Island, 
a brand mm. new CG movie for us to look forward to in summer 2023, which seems to revolve around zombies and Alcatraz. Did you say it is Alcatraz or that yes. Alcatraz? Okay. Okay, that's one other film they can add to their gift shop. The Rock and Death Island. <laughs> <laughs> I just We went to Alcatraz, this is what I was remembering. It was, it was, there was a lot of questions about the film The Rock. <laughs> like, it's an alright film. <laughs> Not enough about Escape from Alcatraz. Not enough nerdies. And I guess the other big release that has a date attached to it is Gran Turismo coming out 11th of August, which follows the real-life story of a very good Gran Turismo player who then became a real-life race car driver, directed by Neil Blomkamp and starring Mm. Orlando Bloom and David Harbour and Jerry Halliwell. Apparently. I was going to say a whole heap of cars. <laughs> what, Crank 2's Jerry Halliwell? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I've never played the games. I know Gran means grandmother. What does Turismo mean? <laughs> I think it's uh, Italian for tourist. <laughs> so it's basically a saga holiday. <laughs> it's about a whole heap of cruises and uh, stopping at a port for like an afternoon where you can get some wine and then get forgotten as the ferry pulls away. Okay, okay, great. So, cinema's on fire this year. Uh, what about TV? Uh, well, I think in terms of TV, there is, I believe, maybe Halo Series 2 will come it's out been, at some point. Has that been confirmed? Well, it's been filmed, or it has been filmed. <laughs> I saw a location still of them shooting in Iceland, so... It, it, I mean, the first season, which we have not covered, and who knows if we will, but it wasn't met with a huge amount of critical or fan acclaim. But then neither was the Resident Evil TV series, which was cancelled after one season last oh. year, and we enjoyed that. So maybe I mean, we'll love it. So I, I'm watching The Last of Us, and I'm like watching it, enjoying it, and I'm thinking, you know what this show could really use? It's a prolonged sequence about garlic breadsticks and you know <laughs> i'm feeling it because that's what resident evil had and that's why at the moment if you if you're judging the show purely on conversations about breadsticks then i think resident evil for netflix was is, is the front runner but um <laughs> we'll see maybe i don't know i've not played the games did they go to um what an olive garden at any points in the last of us <laughs> uh i do not recall and okay. if they did then that product placement clearly didn't have any effect on me true okay so maybe halo 2 let let you know let the listeners stray right in if we have five people saying do halo we'll do halo <laughs> um but uh, also, potentially in the offing, this is maybe sort of TBC 2023, but um, there is Twisted Metal uh, TV series. There is Fallout, mm. the TV series. Um, definitely coming out will be a final cap to Ash Ketchum's adventures with a run of episodes 
that will wave goodbye to him and Pikachu in the Pokemon TV series, followed by a new Pokemon TV series with a whole different cast of characters uh, due later this year. Um, and yeah, in terms of other kind of stuff, which TBC release dates, we should get the Borderlands movie at some point. I think we talked about it in the 2022 preview, but it's had a few reshoots. Yeah. So yeah, wait, who, who reshot it? There's, there's been like a director doing the reshoots. Uh, it was Tim Miller from Deadpool. All right, um, yeah, because yeah. Eli Roth had other commitments, I believe. So um, we should be getting that, hopefully, at some point this year. I say hopefully. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm not a Borderlands fan. I'll, I'll watch no, the film, I just, but just, I'd it, like to see it. I'd like to see what, what it's all about. In this day and age you'd think if something is shot it must come out but like that bat bat girl snafu from last year where we just cancelled a whole film i just don't think anything you can't you know unless they're going to show the entire bat girl film as a post credit sequence at the end of the flash movie i think yeah it's gone and so <laughs> i just i won't believe borderlands exists until i see it yeah or at I'll least see a bus shelter with Claire Day, is it Claire? Who's who's in it? Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. I'll see a bus shelter ad with her, and it'll be like, I don't trust her. Don't <laughs> think it's happening. Um. So yeah, and then I think we mentioned it in the 2022 preview again. Ark Survival evolved with the animation plus Vin Diesel in the game. Something about dinosaurs. Is, dragons? is that with like? Did it have like a stacked voice cast? Of, like... Yeah, there was like Michelle Yeoh and. Russell Crowe and David Tennant and mm. all sorts all of All playing dragons? Uh, I think they're playing different people from different points of history mm. in the future with dinosaurs, question mark. I, I haven't really looked into it since the original trailer dropped. So. Different people from history? Sounds a bit confusing. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> And I think I've, I've got here, like, we've got second series of maybe Arcane, more Castlevania. Yeah, was... like, Netflix announced a whole bunch of shows, you know, so those plus a Splinter Cell animation, Tomb Raider animation, Onimusha animation. So mm. we'll be getting those all at some point. They'll go back to DVDs. We'll be having to get those in the post. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've still got a few love film movies that... Uh, I've kept and has never been requested of me. <laughs> oh, Rory, you criminal. <laughs> well, I did, I couldn't send them back. Oh, so because they, they closed, I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a criminal. You're more like a, um, what's the, what's the, what's a legitimate pirate? What are they called? I'm going to say concierge, but I actually um, mean. I don't know what you mean. Smuggler? What's no, what's a the... legitimate pirate? <laughs> so, like, history corner. Uh, <laughs> like when 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 you are doing acts of piracy, but your own government approves you to do piracy towards another nation. So, like, there were Spanish versions of these. Oh, conquistador. No. <laughs> Move on. It'll come to me. I'm not googling quietly. Okay. Well. I guess in while you're Googling quietly away, I could just maybe quickly run through everything that we are aware of that has been announced currently in terms of video game adaptations. 
they're all at various stages of development. I've kind of decided to not include some of the very long in the offing, which are probably dead projects, but announced and forthcoming, unlikely 2023, most of these probably later, but I'll just run through them. God of War, Bioshock, Ghosts of Tsushima, Horizon Zero Dawn, Five Nights at Freddy's, Tomb Raider, Amazon, Assassin's Creed, Netflix, Tron Ares, Rainbow Six. I know it's not a game adaptation, but there's enough games based on that book and characters. Death Stranding, Seafood, Toe Jam and L, Comet Zone, Space Channel 5, Days Gone, Pac-Man, Sonic 3, Mortal Kombat 2, Gears of War, Return to Silent Hill, Gravity Rush, It Takes Two, Duke Nukem, Mega Man, Minecraft, Metal Gear Solid, Streets of Rage for Division and Yakuza. I was thinking of the Privateer, um, okay. <laughs> also known as Corsairs. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, okay, so as we've clearly established, um, not only what a different name for a pirate is, but also, more importantly, just how much stuff is out there definitely and also potentially, which is like very exciting. It's like <laughs> looking at previews of future episodes of the podcast. I know. I have I did listen to our 2022 preview. Um and that's the end of that story. Well that's the <laughs> only reason I remembered what the heck arc was, because I remember saying, has this has arc come out yet? Anyway. Um anything else we want to say before 2023? We we talk about um uh Mario Well Mario! I also had to look at any um, video games based on movie or TV properties, which are due in 2023. And we have Star Wars Jedi Survivor. We have Star Trek Resurgence. Tron oh, yeah. Identity. Robocop. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Rogue just City. In... Sorry, all just... of these have subtitles. It's yeah, very I'm colon heavy. <laughs> I know. I haven't. We haven't seen one with like two sets of colons yet it's all like the single colon but um is tron identity like brand spanking new because i saw that on a nintendo direct and i couldn't work out if it was like the first time it even been announced yeah it's it's new it was announced last year okay but then there was a recent uh, uh trailer reveal i think in the la- uh, last uh, nintendo direct yeah i don't know it's it does seem t- it's like a it's like a text it's not a text adventure but there's not much action in it is there yeah it's more like a an investigative dialogue style make your own choices mm. determine the outcomes sort of a situation um i guess similar to that there'll be the expanse a tale tale series mm-hmm. um star trek resurgence actually that is a kind of choose your own adventure style talky game I just saw yeah. a trailer and it was like someone was, I think uh, Admiral was talking to you as first officer and the two options were obey your orders or disobey. <laughs> oh God, it's one of those. Yeah. I'm going to renegade myself all the way through this. Um, we also have Aliens Dark Descent, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, which I believe is just a collection of VR Jurassic World okay. dinosaur simulators, I guess. So we've done episodes where we've hoped there would be games based on movies. I'm not seeing... I don't think I've done any... No, 
not seeing anything yet. No Highlander game, no Nightmare on Elm Street game. I've heard, like, they should make a game out of The Last of Us. I've heard that's very good. <laughs> anyway. Uh, shall we? Shall we? What next, Rory? My brother, my child. Well, after, I mean, after <laughs> sifting through all the uh, wonderful prospects that we have coming uh coming attractions in the offing um i guess the thing that has got us most excited as is the aforementioned the super mario brothers movie um i posted on our twitter and facebook accounts my own visit to super nintendo world in osaka Mm -hmm. the american version of that is finally open i believe this week um and yeah it was like all my dreams came true it was maybe one of the most magical moments in my life i've seen the grand canyon i've seen the sunrise over a valley of volcanoes from borobudur temple in indonesia but never have i seen a sight as beautiful is walking through Peach's Castle and entering into Super Nintendo World and seeing the piranha plants and the thwomps and the goombas in the distance. Yeah, it was just a, a magical moment. I will say, um, you know, misgivings, potential misgivings about Chris Pratt voice, Mario aside, um, like everything like I see about this Mario movie, it kind of is rekindling just how much the series meant to me and how much, how lovely it is to see things get right. Mm. Uh, I don't know what that means about the things we're going to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, Oh, Oh, that's nice. It's, uh, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, how many people get killed by a thwomp a day at the old Mario exhibit? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't see many of those magic mushrooms. That's like a. Uh, that's I like didn't a, see any jokes from 1985. I didn't see any kind of like Mario-themed health and safety or like emergency services. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like the level of detail was was really incredible. The rides themselves, eh? I mean, like the Mario Kart ride is pretty cool but like the best part of it is just the queue to get into the ride because <laughs> well you are has... british so <laughs> you know. i was just like give me more queues i think it was just the 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 problem was the ride itself it's, it's sort of like augmented reality and something you play as you're riding and it just all got very messy and confusing but there's just lovely notes of detail as you kind of go to the ride and you're going through bowser's castle and seeing items being made and uh all kinds of stuff um the yoshi ride they have is it's awful <laughs> i mean it's just like the most boring thing it is for very tiny children but i think even very tiny children will find it a disappointment um but it was just uh the best part was going around and collecting the coins with the power-up bracelet yeah you had to like punch blocks and everything yeah and you sort of unlock you do challenges, and if you complete certain challenges, you get keys. And then if you collect three keys, you have a special challenge where you have to defeat Bowser Jr. Um, 
so yeah, there's just lots to see and do. And I also had a delicious meal at the Kinopio Cafe, Kinopio being the Japanese name for Toad. Um, I had a mushroom pizza bowl and a question mark block tiramisu and a piranha plant salad. And um, yeah, I was in... And a white Russian. And a white Russian, <laughs> yeah. And uh, an old fashioned. Um yeah, it was just uh, a a marvelous experience. Um, wouldn't you, you have rather spent thousands of pounds to go to Galaxy's Edge and pretend to be a First Order trooper or something? Uh, no. There's a weird advert where like a mum and a daughter are like dressed as First Order officers, and like capture Chewbacca, and then he gets led away, and the mum and the daughter like are laughing at each other. I'm like, <laughs> is this a joke? Like. <laughs> A wonderful space naughty experience. We're just bonding over fascism. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I uh, mean, sometimes it's hard, you know, for a parent and child to bond over anything <laughs> in these days. It's just, yeah, find our obsession. <laughs> um, cool. Well, maybe they, I mean, they still haven't done up, uh, was it Crinkly Bottom, in, in <laughs> which is still in ruin, where... Um, Mr. Blobby Land is all like, it looks like The Last of Us, basically. <laughs> and so maybe they can put a Super Mario Land, uh, Uro Super Mario Land, or Super Brexit Super Mario Land. Anyway, <laughs> I just don't think I'm going to go to America or Japan. So unless I find a warp pipe somewhere in South London, I'm pretty screwed. But Well, you're in luck because Jumanji World is coming to Chessington World of Adventures. Yes. In the spring. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not even joking. That would actually make me go. And, you know, it, they've already got the animals there. So I'm assuming they just let them loose every, like, <laughs> at midday. Well, I think one of the rides, I think the rides are inspired <laughs> by set pieces from the two more recent movies. Oh. So one's called, like, Mandrill Mania, I think. But I think it's just it's mandrill shaped roller coaster, not they literally set primates <laughs> to attack the <laughs> like you're strapped into a roller coaster and each seat there's like a mandrill sat next to you. <laughs> so yeah, screaming what... and attacking you while you go around the roller coaster. <laughs> no. In an inverse of the uh ch- chimp and monkey enclosure at the safari parks. What they do here is they put monkeys inside small cars and they drive them through the, I guess, the children's playground. And then the kids are just like kicking the cars <laughs> <laughs> and like to, to, doing a wee on the roof on something like that. Um, yeah. So I will go if only to have my a picture taken with like my hoping like a fiber. Someone, <laughs> someone in like a the rock costume so he looks like an oversized the rock um (laughs) (laughs) like a big rock head i do sort of feel though like you know because how in disney there are certain characters where it's a full costume yeah and the head is obscured by a mask and then there are other characters where it's just a human being but in you know the outfit of the character and i think usually they determine it by like heroes and villains or something okay. or or princesses and princes those kind of characters they're humans and then you know if it's like a jafar then it's not <laughs> someone 
It's like a well, kind of Jafar uh, no, mask. I've, I've seen some great Gastons who are real. Okay. Well, it would just be funny if like they had the four Jumanji players and then The Rock was like a sort of a full costume, but then like the three <laughs> other characters were humans yes. just in their outfits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I intend to go every day, all day, for as long as I can afford it, because The Rock being the consummate um, sort of showman or, or, or always trying to build his brand. he always, He's always doing that thing where he surprises people in cinemas. And I just don't think he'll be able to resist like being inside a giant costume of himself and then like surprising me as I'm trying to get a hot dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, the who? The Rock. The, the, oh yes, The Rock. <laughs> I'll be very surprised if any of the principal cast turn up to open Jumanji World at Chessington World of Adventures. Yeah, I mean, it would be Karen Gillan, wouldn't it? Bless her. You, the other two are too big. Apart from that one guy who's quite small. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Kevin Hart, star of Borderlands. Yes. Well, I think um, if Chessington World of Adventures is listening to the podcast, please invite us to the opening. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. For- Skip to this bit. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe more video game rides. I mean, maybe maybe that'll be an episode, a future episode. What video game would we like to have a ride? There's actually lots of video game rides, but then we could also say what video game movie would be a good ride. I propose the Paul W. Sanderson Resident Evil films, of course. Well, I um, did do... I've done a, a couple of Resident Evil themed experiences. Mm. Well, the one I did in Japan at, at um, Universal Studios, where Super Nintendo World was, was Biohazard The Extreme Plus, <laughs> which um, it was basically just the Resident Evil 2 remake. You have to run around a version of the Raccoon Police Department and get chased by zombies and the occasional liquor. It was fun. <laughs> that's not what umbrella was going for they, they, they get their, their results back it's like so this one guy said it was fun that's the opposite of what we want our bioweapons to do <laughs> okay well shall we talk about um the first Mario animation then. Yes. So we have the aforementioned the Super Mario Brothers movie. The no, question, is it bros or brothers? Because that advert, the, there's an advert. The advert is like a pretend advert for the business of Mario Brothers. And there's a lady in it who says Mario bros. Well... Yeah, I don't know how they're like going Ross. to pronounce the movie. It's um, like when you watch Game of Thrones, you're like, that's how you pronounce the name, Stark. It's Super <laughs> Mario Brothers when the screaming stops. <laughs> well, um... looking at the title of this film in Japanese, it does say Super Mario Brazazu, so it does spell out the whole brothers. And then Peachy he made Hyushitsu Dai Saku Sen, which 
translates as Super Mario Brothers, The Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach. And so this animation is the first, I guess, adaptation of Super Mario Brothers. So even though it's 30 years since the live action Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo movie, which we do appreciate on this podcast, the idea, I suppose, is this new movie is very much a co not necessarily a co-production, but like a, a very clear collaboration between Nintendo and Illumination slash Universal. Um, Shigeru Miyamoto seems sort of heavily involved, and one would say he was also quite involved with the live-action film, apparently. A lot of it was his idea to set it in Dino Hatton and, you know, do a kind of future styley thing. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Shigeru Miyamoto, dumbass. <laughs> Um, but this this production um, is still a, a, a joint kind of collaboration with Nintendo, and it's it's rarely uh, been made available. It was Japan only release. It was released theatrically alongside an actual video guide for Super Mario Brothers Two, which is known here as Super Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels, but was the you know the hard too hard for Western audiences, so they reskinned. Uh, another platform game called Doki Doki Panic. I feel bad like dragging my parents to see some of the crap I liked when I was a kid, but imagine seeing like an hour long movie and then a how to guide in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, uh, so this was released uh, on a sort of limited theatrical release in Japan only in July of 1986. So very early on in the kind of Super Mario um, law, you know, or cycle yeah i mean when was the first because super mario brothers was released what 85 but that was necessarily that was just on the nes right maybe it was earlier in japan on the famicom but then there was like mario brothers which was like the arcade thing donkey kong with Jumpman slash mario was 81 so it's still very early on and sort of the 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 embryonic nintendo video game era yeah, so I think Mario Bros. the arcade game. I'm going to say Bros. Brothers, wherever I feel. Uh, that's 83. Right. The NES game is 85. Because, yeah, we watched um, some other, we watched another like series of animations, and that was clearly after Mario 3 had come out, because mm, it had the Koopalings mm. in it. But, but yeah. This release, um, yeah, so lim- limited theatrical release, and then on a, a bit, I think, according to Mario Wiki rental only vhs tape so it's a very rare item but now readily available and restored in 4k by fans so you can watch it as we did on youtube with subtitles but it is one of those things where it's very early on in working out what mario is and isn't (laughs) <laughs> and as as such Those are clearly defined in this film as well <laughs> and as such it's 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 a very curious piece um in terms of maybe what it does with the characters and locations and vibes um but uh so yeah it's it's only about an hour long so by all means go ahead and watch it if you don't want any kind of spoilers but i guess before we dig properly into super mario brothers the great mission to rescue princess peach harry what did you make of this very early 
adaptation of Mario. Well, should, should we say spoilers from the off? Oh, right. Because, okay. you know, I mean, surprisingly, no one's the princess gets rescued at the end. So <laughs> spoilers for like all entries of Mario. Um, I actually found it really charming. And the first, I also thought it was quite beautifully animated at times. It's still like, you know, it's got the, what do you call it? I mean, it's not smooth like butter or anything like that. But like the first scene is Mario playing uh, his Famicom in the dark. And I just felt the colouring was great. It looked really nice. There's some shading in, and all that stuff. Um, and as you say, it's such a time capsule, really. And what... And, and, and as you say, you mentioned vibe a moment ago. And, you know, there was no vibe to do i mean there's no vibe to if there was any of those two mario games wasn't there or like three i suppose or if you count donkey kong 4 but i'm just saying this, considering this is like the first time we saw the mario universe translated into something other than a video game it gets there's a lot in there which carries over throughout the whole rest of the franchise but as you say there's a lot it does right there's some completely baffling additions for example <laughs> And, you know, it didn't really irk me. I just find it confusing. Why is Luigi, like, not in in his green overalls? Um, yeah, he's wearing blue and yellow. Yeah. And, I mean, also, of course, you might not even realise this, but when the Mario game started, Mario wore red overalls and a blue shirt. And now, more commonly, he wears blue, like, denim overalls with a red shirt. But he looks great. He looks fine. He looks normal. I also thought uh, Peach looks completely on point. And I do read with interest. This is like a rare occurrence in the early days where she had blonde hair. And then I think when she was translated later on, she would often have, I think, ginger hair or brown hair. And it's only now in like the modern Mario games, I think from 64 onwards, that she's blonde again. But anyway. Yeah, it was kind of an... an like her design was almost identical to how it is now in comparison to, you know, some of the other characters and, and uh, enemies and things you encounter, obviously looking pretty different. And, uh, you know, just how, I think it's sort of credit to Shigeru Miyamoto, even though we called him like a dumbass. <laughs> I was <laughs> early, kidding. Early I know, He's I know. not dumb. But it's, it's a He's credit. He's just challenged. But it's a credit to. With genius. It's a credit to him just how much, you know, imagination and design ideas are sort of incorporated into like the very early, you know, pixels of these characters and the Mm. interpretations of them that, you know, I think there's something still so charming about a Goomba or a Cooper Trooper or, you know, Lucky Two or, you know, these sort of characters that is retained today with very little, uh, you know, evolution. I think it's easy to get a few things um, because we've 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 been with this franchise for a long time, but also about video game development in general. But back in the eighties, I think if you look at their um, like con- concepts, pick drawings and illustrations, um, 
they start of what the idealized version is and how beautiful they are and then they have to kind of get that down into like rough pixels so perhaps it wasn't a terrible leap just to take the concept art and put it into animation um and i guess also you're limited so you do have to make something that stands out and is instantly iconic to an extent tell you what's not iconic <laughs> is the dog kib kibby dango so i mean we're talking about how how there are some which feels very mario some which doesn't feel very mario and yeah there is like well uh, there is the dog called kib bango but also yeah. there's also like a wizard who looks like he's fallen out of a ralph bakshi sort of lord of the rings he is mostly or... beard He's mostly beard. He's got a bald point on top, but yeah, he'd seem okay in a Zelda, but but he just seems. Where did you come from? <laughs> um, and of course, if we if we look down the line of history of of Mario games and things, you know, it would be a Magic Cooper now, right? But I think also, and this is just, I have nothing to prove, but there's all these. Sh- I've I, I no evidence. Is what I'm trying to say. But you know, there's there's times when Mario and Luigi are walking through the plains with that dog in front of him, and I'll just say this is like the weirdest, ugliest, stupidest looking dog I've ever seen. He's it's just, disgusting. It's it's uh, yeah. Um, I bet you it, it would have been Yoshi if, but a few years later, you know, I feel mm. that he feels he 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 fulfills what a Yoshi would do. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that was maybe knocking around. Shigeru Miyamoto's head or or whatever maybe I'm wrong but it seems like you know it just seems like somebody felt that it wasn't just enough for Mario and Luigi to have an adventure they needed something else there yeah Uh, the the plot is I guess kind of um they have to explain how to get Mario and Luigi to the Mushroom Kingdom um and rather than well, I suppose that they do fall down a pipe, so to speak, but they're not actually plumbers. They no. run a grocery shop in the middle of the desert. <laughs> I didn't realise it was in the middle of the desert, but yes, he walk, he, fro- he marches off into the desert at one point. Um, the, the, the whole thing sort of kicks off because Mario is up late playing this video game, which looks pretty cool. It's like a platform game, but you've got a baseball bat. And yeah, he's the the TV and the Famicom are on the blink, and then he sees Princess Peach being attacked by um, enemies. She pops out the TV. The enemies kind of like uh, attack and then disappear, and then out comes Cooper. Yeah, uh, ring style. <laughs> but like, just on that note, when when all the enemies are bursting through the screen. And we've only seen Luigi in the ninety so far. So I'm just thinking this, this is just all a good Nintendo stuff. I don't see mm. any problems here. And then Luigi shows up in the grocery store wearing like blue and yellow. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. enough of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like all that start because it's it's Cooper who kidnaps Peach, and it's like Mario, help me, Mario, help me. And Mario's kind of like a little bit of a coward and is instantly defeated. Oh, 
ごめんなさいおかげで助かったわありがとう私ピーチ姫ピーチ姫あなたはマリオとっても勇敢な騎士えそそんな私しばらくここに隠れてていいでしょねマリオはいはいあっグッパよさっき来た怪物たちのボス悪いやつ私たちの国をめちゃめちゃにしたわ追い返してねえマリオ追い返してよしマリオやっつけてぶっ飛ばしてあなたなら勝てるわさこいこわいよ頑張ってマリオあなたならきっと勝てるわもういったなささこいこわいマリオマリオそれそれらしいよ His character, I like the characterization of these two again. We, I feel like Mario nowadays is a bit of a goody two shoes, and、mm. I feel there was some reaction to the new Mario trailers where he seems a bit out of fish out of water, and people forget that Mario was originally a fish out of water. And so, as you say, there wasn't much characterization to work with in the video games other than he's trying to rescue a princess. But yeah, I just I, I found it odd how, like, well, I didn't find it odd, but. Luigi was like basically the Wario of this film, where he's obsessed <laughs> of gold.、Um, but really, you got two people who run a shop. They're going to want to be looking at the overheads and things. <laughs> and if they could find a magical kingdom to find gold, well, that's great. Yeah. It's just a bit of a. Yeah, it's just odd because, I mean, how much was that embedded or added to Mario sort of since this? Like, it makes just as much sense for them to be. Plumbers and falling down a pipe. You know, that seems like an obvious way, as any, to get people to a mushroom kingdom. I'm not sure, like, sticking them as greengrocers in a in a desert,、mm. falling into some old, you know, oil pipes, I suppose, that have been left out there while chasing a weird blue dog. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's as good as any.、Um, but I did also enjoy, like, Cooper characterization. Yes. Because Cooper's played by、um, Akiko Wada, who is still going strong. She's probably best known as like a kind of singer and talent. She, if you watch any kind of Japanese TV, chances are she's on like a talent or a panel show at some point.、Um, she's sort of ubiquitous, but、um, she actually did star in some stuff. I saw her in a film called Stray Cat Rock. Delinquent girl boss, where she plays like a tough biker、uh, chick.、Um, Best film title is, ever, which is pretty good. Part of the Stray Cat Rock series.、Um, but、uh, yeah, like Cooper in this, it's it's the sort of I'm going to steal the princess because I want the princess to marry me. Yes.、Yeah, so on that note, though, like that, this shows up in like the other. I think, like, out of the four animations I watched this podcast, I think he wants to marry Peach in, in three of them.、Mm. And 
I know as a, as a, as an innocent kid, you're just like, why is he stealing the princess? I just assumed he was stealing the princess to hold the kingdom to ransom. You know, don't mm. I, you're not going to stop me. Oh, you can't don't stop me. Otherwise I'll kill the princess or something. But yeah, he genuinely wants to marry this human woman. And of course that's what the plot of Mario Odyssey is. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's, it's digging into the whole, they say that he's come from a neighboring kingdom. And so by, I guess, marrying peaches and like has dominion over the kingdom in, in that respect. Um, but actually, I'm not going to, you know, like Cooper is a villain and stuff like that, but he is sort of depicted as kind of a sweetheart, <laughs> like, you know, abusive kidnapper. Oh, but Rory, at the that's, same... really, that's really toxic behavior. <laughs> but I'm just like saying it. it's like, we'll still do anything to make Peach happy and gets upset when she's upset. And just a light bit of kidnapping. Just a light bit of kidnapping. Though actually I did... Very... Um, towards the end, so like he does kidnap her, but of course they get to the wedding day, and there comes the question: Do you, Peach, take Bowser, etc.? And I'm like, well, yes, you could just say no. Your your whole gambit is basically asking her <laughs> if you say no. But I did think, oh, imagine if she just said yes, and we cut we cut to like ten years now, an unhappily married Peach and Bowser with several. AI generated children. I'm not going to use the old AI arts generated to discover what uh, baby Twixt Bowser and Peach might look like. But um, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it could go a number of ways. I'm really hoping perhaps in the new Mario movie, it seems that as Luigi is kidnapped, I think it would be really progressive if Bowser wants to marry Luigi. <laughs> um, yeah, why not? I mean, they both like green. That's enough for me. Um, well, I did have a, a thought here about... I mean, sorry, I'm looking at the plot synopsis and it says here Mario is kidnapped by King Cooper. Uh, Mario is furious, brackets, even putting on a Mexican bandit's outfit to show off his rage in an anime gag. <laughs> yeah there's definitely some very uh, stuff which i suppose is more in keeping with japanese animation and culture mm. and perhaps the 80s which maybe suggests there's a certain amount that could not be translated or would be a bit odd for uh, western audiences viewing at the time um the main kind of like quest that they have to do once they get to the mushroom kingdom is to collect three power-ups Mm. Uh, in order to defeat Bowser nominally. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you, know, you get the mushroom. The iconography of the games as quest items. Yeah, you get the mushroom, you get the flower, you get the star. Um, but there's moments such as like, in order to, the star gets trapped in a giant clam when they're underwater and Mario's <laughs> grand plan is to dress up as a ballerina while Kibby Dango the dog plays guitar. I took a screenshot of that. <laughs> um, the subtitles reading, um, "I'm Mario is saying," and he's dressed like it's not just he's dressed like Flash Dance of the Leg Warmers. I'm such a pretty ballerina, Mister Clam. La la la. Uh, <laughs> Mister Clam's eyes are crossed. The dog is got like a star in his eye. He looks a bit. He looks as confused as anyone else. 
is of course being a video game and a cartoon everyone's breathing fine underwater yeah he's oh. like gasping for breath but not like in a kind of drowning <laughs> way he's just like tired um there's also a couple of moments of product placement <laughs> um i don't know i was just watching it thinking yeah when mario just grabs some ramen looks directly down the lens <laughs> and says this stuff tastes great <laughs> i thought this feels a bit like product placement <laughs> yeah they punch like a, a a block and just all these cups of mario ramen come out and then which just is an actual product as it was yeah. it was it was like not maybe not buying in the foyer but um Let's see here. Um... I think the the animators of this movie they also animated commercials for Mario Ramen, and then just before the kind of big climax, suddenly a bowl of rice appears, and a packet of Mario Furukake or or rice seasoning also appears, and he needs to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you're not really you're not really conveying just how what a crucial moment. <laughs> it was it was kind of like the end of return of the king where frodo is just about to toss the wrong ring to mount doom and then somebody appears with some ramen for him to eat and he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it just everything stops and it does serve a story point just because where did this where did this rice seasoning come from again it just pops out of nowhere. Pop- just yeah, so he's he's about to rescue Princess Peach. He's in the clutches of Koopa. He's there, right there, and then some rice seasoning appears, <laughs> and he immediately chows down some rice, and Peach runs away. Bonkers. It still feels less uh, annoying than when Sony does it when they film <laughs> a, a whole section of the film in a, in a Papa John's in the middle of like. Oh God, grief, grief. It's like um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but there's the Papa John's there. <laughs> I've got that to look forward to in the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> I have, yeah, the rumour says time travel. I have no idea if this is true or not, but, you know, Jones goes to the future so he could go to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> this is treasure, he says. <laughs> I don't know about belonging in a museum, but this belongs in my face. <laughs> And then cut to some Nazis opening up a McDonald's container. Yes. And face melting. <laughs> look, look at all the Nazis at McDonald's. And Harrison Ford turns to camera and he's like, this wouldn't happen with a Whopper. <laughs> okay. So I would like to say, I mentioned earlier about how we kind of forget certain things about Mario Law. And, you know, you you play these Mario games, they're platformers, they've got levels, but you kind of forget this is a quest. And one thing I really liked about this film is that this is a quest movie and they're there to rescue the peach. Uh, the peach? Um, <laughs> well, we, there's there's long se- there's sequences with, I mean, there's a lot of music, there's a lot of pop songs, including the lyric. And of course, that girl is freaking banging too. <laughs> because... Yeah, there's a know. song called Bishy Bashy... Bishy, bashy, rock and roll. Which, How many bishies and bashies was that? Oh, uh, that's quite a few. And then there is the love song, which also includes the lyric, I love you. These are the words that Adam and Eve used. Yeah, that's what they... Did they... I, I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wrote another lyric. Let's see here. This is like... 
Desert Island Discs. Let's see here. Oh, no. Uh, your tears make me warp into love. Which <laughs> I think is a sentiment we can all agree with. Um, but yeah, I guess we should also point out they, they aren't, Mary and Luigi aren't really doing this out of the kindness of her heart. It's, it's definitely heavily implied that Mario, he's a toxic man, just like King Cooper, because all he wants is a little bit of peach. He uh, really he did it for the nookie. He did it for the nookie. And <laughs> and um, I think there's, there's, the film ends when we discover this dog is actually not a dog. He's a cock block. <laughs> He's a Haru, a prince who, again, you see a perfectly realized Princess Peach. And then this thing, in, he looks like Prince Valiant from Spaceballs. He, um, I don't like him. <laughs> yeah, Prince Haru of the Flower Kingdom, because legend has it that someone with the same necklace as Peach will be, uh, will be a wonderful prince will appear, and Mario is like, oh, I'll need to find that necklace so I can be your prince, and it just turns out it's the dog that like just cucks him. <laughs> yeah. So like you've been a dog this whole time, yeah. Even when you're shagging my leg, yeah. <laughs> Even when you did a dog egg right on the pavement there, yeah, yeah, you know. There's no, there's no prince toilets around. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's it's kind of sweet in the sense of when Mario is like, "Your happiness is my happiness." Yeah, he says if she ever gets kidnapped, they'll come and rescue her again, and he could always, you could see behind his eyes, he's plotting how can <laughs> you help you gonna get some toughs to like kidnap Haru. And be like, oh man, I've looked for ages and can't find Haru anywhere. What's that noise in the cupboard? That is nothing. <laughs> yeah. And um, the, you know, the lesson of the weird beardy man says is that true courage is born from true love. That is the true power of the symbol of a hero, which isn't true. <laughs> no, that, that really depresses me. <laughs> so like the, the only way... It sounds like his his worldview, his perspective, is the only way to get true heroism is to make someone fall in love. And I guess he's sort of, he has to sort of orchestrate a way to make that happen. He didn't have to try particularly hard <laughs> this time. I think Mario is very much in, in for it. And, you know, perhaps Luigi would be as well, but he loves gold more than flesh. <laughs> <laughs> and mushrooms. And mushrooms, yeah, there's a whole sequence where they're eating. I did enjoy that, the whole, it was a laughter mushroom. I mean, they basically did the drug sequence, which is in every single fucking comedy film nowadays. But mm. um, they did it first, I'm going to say. Yeah, first. <laughs> but there's <laughs> the angry first depiction of hallucinogens. Yes. <laughs> in any media. Yeah, these kids... These kids were like watching it in the cinema and like, I wonder if there's any of that in the foyer. <laughs> um, cool. Well, do we have anything more to say? Like on the whole, I liked it. I would say, um, I think it was probably because I was taking notes at the same time. It felt it dragged just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's all right. Like, I mean, I think with all of these things, if you are a Mario fan, then it's, it's, I guess, worth a watch to sort of satisfy your curiosity but i i don't think it's necessarily essential 
I did think it dragged a little bit. It's definitely for kids, but I'm not even sure kids would find it very interesting. It's it's the I think it's probably at the time it was magical, just like going to Super mm-hmm. Nintendo World, seeing these characters come to life, and the video game is is being animated before my very eyes. Um, but we've had a lot of that since. So going back to this now. I think it's more out of just, yeah, the oddities that lie within and the the curiosity. Um, I liked the Goombas. There's a couple of... Trixie uh, Goombas, yeah. Trixie Goombas. I, I enjoyed they them. They have arms at one point. Mm. And then maybe, you again, you forget that Goombas, like in the manual... Uh, yes, do you remember? Kids, back when we were young, video <laughs> games came with manuals. And sometimes that was almost as much fun as the game itself. But I remember reading that Goombas were traitors to the Mushroom Kingdom. And I, I thought, oh, do they, are they mushroom, like, are they toads which get turned into that? Are we going to see a grisly secret? I don't know. Well, I Toad is a woman in this. The, the toads are very um, interesting. I, I, did, <laughs> I, I would say I didn't like the design of those. I don't know. I mean, a couple of things. Uh, we haven't mentioned how at one point King Cooper turns into like a big fat drag queen or something. There's a there's a game when like he's trying to entertain Peach and Peach is like turn into this and he decides to turn to a scarecrow and then he turns into some big looks like Miss Piggy. Boob, it's like a boob tube and then she <laughs> she then turns. Says turn into a teddy bear, and he turns into a teddy bear, and she immediately locks him in the little box. <laughs> <laughs> but he bursts out again. And um, there's a there's a post credit teaser. See, yeah. they, it's first hallucinogenic movie, first Marvel style post credit sequence, where Bowser and the Coopers are back are are serving in the grocery store that Mary and Luigi used to work in. Um, yeah. <laughs> That, that's going to be an interesting. Gosh, I can't wait for the sequel and see what happens. <laughs> Makes about as much sense as most uh, movies um, in shared universes nowadays. If you haven't watched any others, um, well, speaking of others, so I mean, I I don't know if you actually said you enjoyed it. You enjoyed it, didn't you? Uh, you said mm, it dragged a little bit. Yeah, I think it's it's okay. Um, but I think it's maybe, yeah, my attention did waver a lot when it was just them walking through yet another desert style landscape. And I think particularly like the sequence when there's like the Lakitu and the Spinies and they're in the garden with the piranha plants. And then it's oh, just... yeah, rather than just throwing Spinies on the ground and then turning to Spinies, there's like a multi-step process, including... Yeah. Putting rain and thunder and then sunlight, and Mary's just standing there saying, "I'm sure this is going to be good fun, <laughs> not, not danger to me in the slightest." Yeah. So, and speaking of danger, though, you've suddenly remembered there's like a Hammer Brother is in there, and I've always liked the Hammer Brothers as enemies. But then I thought today just how upsetting it would be to see like someone throw multiple hammers at a person. <laughs> you know, be just oh man, that really hurts. I just just upsetting. <laughs> well, I suppose next up in our Mario anime adventures, um, I'd like to talk about the Amada anime series. 
which were released in 1989 and and it has the same voice actors as as Mario and Luigi as okay. as the Princess Peach I think all the but, but we're covering today actually has the same voice actors Mario is played by Toru Furia and Luigi yeah. is played by Yu Mizushima so Charles Martinet can suck it <laughs> <laughs> but He's it's interesting right. just having you know like hearing not only in Japanese but like different interpretations of Mario because you know, everyone is saying like, oh, it doesn't sound like Charles Martinet, but obviously we had a very brash, uh, Brooklyn, mm. heavy accented version in America. I think I mean, these really... Japanese voices, um, Mario is, is a bit kind of like nasally. Um, yeah, I mean, it really it is Charles. Right. It's Charles, is it Martinet or Martinet? Martinet. Charles Martinet, he's really outlier. And it really is just like a creative decision on Nintendo's part back in the day to make him sound like their version of Mickey Mouse for some reason. Mm. I mean, I still feel terrible. I I do, like, if you voice the character for, like, 20, what, is it 20 or even approaching 25 years? How yeah. how old is, how old are we? I guess 25. <laughs> and, you know, I can, comp- I can completely understand. I just, I just, I really hope there's a significant role for Charles Martinet. But, um, yeah, to your point. Lots of different voices of Mario. Most of them sound like what you'd expect to sound like, kind of slightly more gruff work people. Yeah. Because they all sound like that. (laughs) (laughs) So work person voice. So this series, Amada anime series Super Mario Brothers, came out in 1989 and was created by a different production company than the previous um, movie. But this is a collection of... It's an original video animation collection of three folk tales compiled onto video and two of them are based on Japanese folktales one of them is more familiar but I think I preferred watching this selection overall to the Princess Peach movie that we saw I think Mm. it's interesting that Princess Peach like we knew her as Toadstool at the time she didn't become like Princess Peach until in the west I think until maybe Mario do you think though we were watching like a more modern translation though no um no but like um you know like it was called princess you know oh no but yeah sorry just no, princess peach I, it's like peachy may is how they call her yes i did hear peachy may i did recognize i thought at first i understood japanese but i remembered it was subtitles <laughs> i don't know how i feel i think I'll, I'll hold my hands up i was a bit pressed for time i was finding these three fairy tales a little bit of a drag so i watched them at double speed Okay. <laughs> or, or YouTube, or one point seven five, because and they were they were just fine. <laughs> they were, but what I mean, I, I didn't notice any difference. But um, you know, as you say, I was so just just for a bit of contest. You know how um, like a lot of the Mupp- the Muppet movies, like Christmas Carol, Treasure Island, they recast well known tales, but with familiar characters. This is what we do here, isn't it? Because in the first one. Uh, a fully mustachioed Mario gets born out of a peach. Yes, and they call him a, a small boy. He looks like a, a short grown man. He, he basically turns over the course of the story. He goes from mini me to full grown Doctor Evil. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So this is based on the Japanese legend Momotaro, which means peach boy. Um, I have seen an animation that, in fact, it's it's like a very a well-known Japanese folktale 
if you've played like Animal Crossing, for instance, there's like an item which is like a peach surprise box, and that pops a little boy. And yeah, that's, that's the first time I encountered that legend, and I was like, "What the actual?" <laughs> it's it's a very well known folk legend, and in fact, um, the first ever full length Japanese animated movie. Uh, is a film which I've seen called Momotaro's Divine Sea Warriors, which is a piece of uh, Japanese army propaganda from around World War II and culminates with an invasion with uh, Momotaro leading a bunch of animals to defeat evil British soldiers and American soldiers, including like cartoon characters. So they're like attacking Popeye and Mickey Mouse and things. Um. So it's like, ah, 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 but with, like, Mickey Mouse in there and things. <laughs> yeah, pretty <Sounds> much. Good. <laughs> ある日のことです。その夜もピーチ姫を思い出し、夜空を見上げ悲しんでいたおじいさんとおばあさんの前に、光の玉が落ちてきました。おばあさんよ。じいさんや。見るとそれはそれは大きな桃が落ちているではありませんか。これは驚いた。ばばさんやこの桃動かなかったかい。そういえば動いたような。動いたばかりではありません。桃がぱっくり二つに割れたかと思ったら。So this is loosely based on that folktale, and as you say, it's it's using Mario characters in place of these figures. So Peach uh, is kidnapped by. Cooper and the Cooperlings invading from outer space. Her grandparents are a couple of Hammer brothers. Yeah, I mean,、um, they, and they, they have, so the Hammer brothers they call their daughter Princess Peach. They're、yes. they're not royalty themselves, which is kind、um, of a bold thing to do. And in the original tale, like I guess Cooper is a facsimile of an Oni, sort of uh, who uh, there's like this Oni island. So Onis are demons in Japanese folklore, and so Momotaro, in this case Mario, has to go defeat them and meets a bunch of characters along the way. In this instance, it's a Parabuzzy, a Boomerang brother, and a Spike, who then head to this futuristic. It's kind of like Cooper as Thanos. It's like Mm. Living all, in Neo Tokyo, yeah, it's like future city island suspended in space. It's, it's. I'm not sure <laughs> where that comes from. I just, I love the idea. So, like, as yeah, as you say, in this in this production, we have Mario's like being born out of a peach. It's a bit like when Superman appears in the film, like the little boy. He just appears in his peach. He's got turtle grandparents. His sister-in-law is. Princess Peach, and then I like the idea of like cutting to Luigi on his you know, reading a book, be like, "Don't ask me." <laughs> <laughs> Luigi does make an appearance later on, but、um... but I I think the the moment that really stood out for me in this short is was... about his his the power up he gets this in this film. Yes, so his <laughs> his his Hammer brother grandparents are like, "Please go rescue Princess Peach now. You're fully grown." Here, take this bento lunch and this special heirloom gun. 
It's like a just a gun. <laughs> it's a submachine gun. A gun. <laughs> it's literally just they give Mario a gun to go and defeat oh, but uh, can Cooper. You just, just, just again. I'm probably giving away the the, the idea for like a billion dollar movie here, but imagine like a quest movie, but it's medieval, and you enter this clearing, and rather than like the master sword in the clearing, it's like a gun. <laughs> I mean, that, that's like oh. I'm going to write that down. I'll forget about it and then listen to this podcast and be like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but he doesn't shoot anyone. I was waiting for the moment. I was waiting for the moment when he pops a cap in his ass. But he basically just intimidation. Yeah. Which, you know, as I learned in court, is still a crime. <laughs> <laughs> it's still an armed robbery, even if you don't actually uh, steal anything in the end. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much robbery there is in the Mushroom Kingdom, considering you can get money by headbutting things. Although jumping back a bit to the previous film, like it seems that it was very much the law that the coins were also the t- mushroom retainers have been transformed. This is that's a whole thing. You forget that sometimes that Bowser's also like a wizard. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so. As as is often the case, the man of the biggest stick wins. In this case, a boomstick. And um, how does this end again? How does the legend end? They is just... there like a gun in the legend of the Peach I Boy? I, I don't know whether it's like a how sort of... How old is this legend? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not as familiar with the story as to know that's the case. Maybe he has like a slingshot or a bow and arrow or something. What would a peach use? Well, peach he's boy no, weapon. Yeah, he's just born of a peach. He's no longer. He's not made of peach. A stone. Yeah, peaches it's have it. stones. He's got a. He's got a. <laughs> he's got a. Um, what is it? A dual passport. Uh, Mushroom Kingdom peach. So I'm, I'm now. I'm now quietly googling peach story. Where's the gun? <laughs> Where's the gun in this thing? Energy periods. Oh, there's loads of versions. Anyway, <laughs> there's probably a gun in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, who cares how it ends? But as well as Mario dancing like a ballerina, I now have saved to my phone Mario looking like he's in Splinter Cell. <laughs> <laughs> looking around the corner. Um, the second story, How that was another legend. What, what was the deal? So this is Super Mario Isenboshi, which is like one inch boy. It's kind of like Tom Thumb. And yet again, it's another like childless married couple. They see another shooting star, another Mario baby descends onto them. But this time he's only one inch tall. And no matter how much they feed him, he remains one inch. And then one day he sees a futuristic city again, but this time on the other side of the mountain and wants to travel to learn more about the world. So his dad makes him a little boat and gives him a little sword. And off he goes to a soundtrack that sounds suspiciously like Bubba O'Reilly by The Who. He gets right. washed in a rainstorm, but rescued by Peach. And then in comes Trooper, who once again is asking Peach to marry him. And Mario tries to stop Cooper. Cooper eats the tiny Mario, who then stabs him with his needle sword. And then slices off Cooper's horns and eyebrows. And in defeating Cooper is then granted a magical wish-granting mallet. He wishes to be grown into a big man 
and he flies back in a mustachioed rocket ship back to his parents to live a happy life together in the village. He just brushed over wish granting <laughs> mallets. <laughs> I brushed over a lot. It's like one specific wish this mallet can do. <laughs> If it's, to, if it's to hit things with mallets, you're you're laughing. Anything else? I mean, you know, maybe start a car t- a Saturday morning show like Whackaday or something. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm actually realizing we're a little bit we're we're, we're getting a little bit of tight for time. Uh, there's loads more things. Shall we just quickly see? We got Snow White is the third one. I've heard of Snow White. It's pretty bold to be like. Let's try and recreate like Disney's masterpiece. I know Disney didn't create it, but you know, you can definitely see where they cut corners of this one. <laughs> but I enjoyed this because not only do you get Evil Queen Cooper as a again, to like Queen Peach Cooper. sees like a dinosaur effectively wrapped in a sheet and thinks it's an old woman, <laughs> <laughs> and like a claw comes out holding a poisoned apple. It's like also, this does look delicious, but also you know, like just Snow White obviously like inherently has some quite dark stuff to it, and so you do get basically Queen Cooper like, I'm not going to marry Peach, I want you to kill her. Mm. And there's a moment where it's like all the the toads, the seven toads who are the seven dwarf stand-ins this time are like Princess Peach is dead. <laughs> But does she get? How did she get resurrected again? Because like, if it's poison, which can be, you know, you can be brought back to life by a kiss. That's not poison. It's just potion. <laughs> oh, oh so yeah. So what does Mario say? He arrives back on the scene because he's been away for a bit. Yeah, just Mario saves Peach from being killed, leaves her with the toads in the forest cottage. She dies from the poison apple. And Mario just returns. It's like, oh, I found a potion on my travels. He didn't find um, a potion. He says, a, I, oh my, a goddess gave me this potion. Right. He just casually drops that. A go- oh, by the way, a goddess gave me this potion. Sorry, goddess. <laughs> uh, but, okay. but in this in this version, uh, Luigi steps in, saves the day. He saves the day. He bursts onto the scene with a big hammer. Not a great, not a wish granting hammer, and uh, oh, yeah, Queen Trooper has a knife at, at this point as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's holding Peach at knife point. We say Queen Cooper, it's exactly the same character model as Cooper, but with some lippy, yeah. But also, I think, as I said, these must have been made after Mario Brothers 3 because the Cooper thing's sharp and all that jazz. Okay, I've had a bit of fun talking about these three. Um, I think I enjoyed the general sense of adventure more in the great mission to rescue Princess Peach. Peach? (laughs) Great mission to rescue Princess Peach. Um, But yeah, these three, I mean, we've got, there's there's other, these three are very, very charming still. Um, And yeah, I think it was quite nice to see learn a little bit about Japanese some some Japanese fairy tales. I'm very interested to learn about all the gun fairy tales they had. And um, yes, it's fun to see sort of one I was more familiar with, the old Snow White. Um, we've got a couple of, of safety videos, which we can just brush. We could have a quick look at, though only one of them is available in its full form online, isn't it? Yeah. So around about the same time, there are a couple of um, animated 
safety videos for kids. One is Super Mario's Fire Brigade, which um, basically he's gone just... from grocery to firefighting. <laughs> which is I had yeah. the idea after my grocery store broke down because I let a dinosaur run it. <laughs> um, again, this is just for those who are super curious to see what other crazy stuff Mario got up to um, and what people thought was good to animate him doing in Japan mm. in the late 80s. Um, it's mainly him just telling to kids to not play with fireworks and also stop... Have any Does he have a fireball capability in this one? No, but it's... Um, <laughs> it, 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 just fire, fire out of your fingertips like me. <laughs> um... There's also like this, he's basically sort of saying like, if there's an earthquake, be careful of cigarettes, matches and tempera oil. And then uh -huh. like the drunken dad of the kids like shows up and leaves a cigarette butt on the floor and it basically makes their apartment catch fire. Um, <laughs> Again, I, I will say I was skipping through this one. Was it their apartment which burnt down? Because I skipped over a bit and studied that there was an apartment on fire. I thought it was, like <laughs> the, it was a neighbor's apartment. Oh, uh, okay. Well, regardless, it's um, I, I think more interesting but more elusive is Super Mario Traffic Safety, which does not exist in its entirety online. There was a very rare screening of it in 2017. Um, I guess a one-off showing on film at a film festival as part of, I guess, a sort of series of just showing other animated uh, short safety videos because mm. these videos were only available to schools so they don't exist in any format and unless you're a Japanese school in the late 80s you probably do not own a copy um, <laughs> so you made your time machine Harry, you're going to go back and kill Hitler no, the first thing <laughs> we're going to do is travel back and watch this video I'm going to infiltrate a Japanese school get me that sailor uniform, here we go um, I think it's only uh, the, the notable thing about it is that apparently it does involve Mario almost hitting a child with his car. <laughs> <laughs> so not a, not a cart. He's not throwing like a blue shell at this child. Yeah, this. I mean, this would have predated Mario Kart, so it is probably just like a standard like hatchback or something. Mm, pickup truck, <laughs> plumber van. And that made sense. Um, but yeah. Um, again, a couple of, of curios, which uh, I suppose are for completists only. Um, but I just want to also mention, I don't know if you watched it, Super Mario World, best, yeah. Mario and Yoshi's Adventure Land, which is another rare item. And this was obviously released around about the time of Super Mario World in 1991. And this is actually a VHS for the Terabico VHS console system created by Bandai. And also there was a version of it released by Mattel in America, uh, see and say video. And the idea is that it's a device which you, I guess, play a video through and then you connect it to the sound output of your TV. And as you watch the video, characters will phone you up, the mm. viewer, and ask you questions. And, and they're telephone not ring. Yeah, and it's it's not like a choose-your-own-adventure-style thing. It's literally more like a quiz, and you press a button on your telephone toy, 
And then they'll either say, yes, you got it right, well done, or they'll be like, wah, uh, don't you, aren't you a big stupid head? Uh, you know, duh. It was I've answer always, one. <laughs> I've always wanted to telephone a dinosaur and answer trivia questions. <laughs> um, um, I mean, yeah, I watched a bit of this on YouTube and it was really fun. I mean, as a concept, but again, you know, I have to put myself back into the 80s where there was not much happening. <laughs> yes, I, I think that I still I had at the very start like this thrill of Mario phoning me up. <laughs> I liked how Dinosaur Land had a fully functioning airport. <laughs> like you know, they Mario and Luigi they don't take no warp pipe; they take business class to <laughs> <laughs> like an airport on this. I mean, I thought Dinosaur Land was like newly discovered. Peach is hanging out there, but no, they've they've definitely built like a runway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite charming in that respect. It's also notable that the green Yoshi is voiced by Chika Sakamoto, who did the voice of Mei in My Neighbor Totoro. And the red Yoshi is voiced by Ikoe Otani, aka the voice of Pikachu. Wow. It's like royalty. (laughs) I could speak to them on the telephone. Gosh. All right. I'm going to play, I'm going to see what happens when I... (laughs) I'll connect my te- my my Huawei P90 or whatever to my to my Bluetooth laptop and see if I can phone Pikachu by way of a dinosaur. <laughs> um. So I I think it's only half an hour long to watch. It's quite sweet and charming to see you know Super Mario World enemies rendered this way. I mean, obviously there was a Super Mario World American uh, like TV series too. So, but you do get things like they go to a ghost house, they meet a wiggler in the forest of illusion. Um, it does get a little bit tedious if obviously you're watching it most likely not through the Terabico device, you're just watching it on YouTube because yeah. there was a point you where you were just getting like, the questions wrong, though, weren't you? That's the problem. No, I was very attentive to everything that was happening on stream, but it was a little bit like. Mario, just stop fucking calling me, please. <laughs> Get off your just, phone, Mario. Just leave me alone. Stop looking at your phone. You're just doom scrolling. I.e. calling Rory. There's, there's also like one kind of strange moment where there's a challenge where, just like in Super Mario World, when you defeat a castle, you have the opportunity like to blow it up. And Yoshi is sort of saying, oh, I put all the bombs in Bowser's castle and now I've got all the cords mixed up and I don't know which detonator to use. <laughs> and then you select which detonator to use and Mario pushes down the plunger and nothing happens. And he's like, Luigi, go take a look. <laughs> Luigi goes up to the castle and it explodes in his face. You know, after well... all this fire safety video. And then Mario and all the Yoshi start laughing. Luigi's like, I hate you, bro. Mario goes, who needs Luigi anyway? And like Luigi just like storms off. I was laughing because in this scenario, if it was you and me being brothers, you would be the one telling me to go and take a look and I'll be like, <laughs> okie dokie. <laughs> yes, yeah, quite upsetting. No problem there. During this like sort of innocuous, you know, video telephone game for kids, all of a sudden like Mario and Luigi massively fall out because yeah. Mario like basically sent Luigi to his death. Yeah, if things just got out of hand and everyone goes, ooh, and like, Luigi goes <laughs> away for a bit. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's ultimately resolved. Luigi does come back to 
help save the day. But um, for a moment there, I thought, like, is this the end of the Mario Brothers? Oh, my God. So I've really enjoyed going on this Super Mario Odyssey for want of a better expression. Um, I don't think any of these were a slog to get through. Uh, I think there's just enough, like... <laughs> Sorry, do you disagree there? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. Maybe I was just... I think my curiosity took me through i'm glad to have watched these because i think i was always kind of aware and the fact that they're all available online to watch if you're a big old mario fan i think i mean you don't we had to watch we had to keep watching them because we had to have something to talk about for this episode <laughs> but you know you could watch them and see how long you last or watch them at double speed like i did i i think the mistake i made was maybe watching them all in one day yeah and i think i probably just got too marioed out at that point Hang on, I watched it all in one day. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. I th- I think, uh, yeah, I don't think any of these are necessarily essential viewing, but if this has intrigued you, then I think it's worth having a look yourself. You know, I, th- I think if you're a Mario fan, these are sort of rare, yeah, I, I readily available, but, you know, rare <laughs> in that sense, um, material, which is worth having a look at if you want just a little bit more like Mario of the time when they hadn't really 100% sorted out exactly, you know, I'm sure the new movie will have its own little moments, but, you know, as we sort of talked about video game adaptations and how far more like they adhere to the IP and how much more, you know, the video game companies and creators are are involved in the development of them that these little oddities like, the great mission to rescue princess peach or the live action movie from 1993 you know they're, they're treasures worth looking at <laughs> like like indiana jones at a burger king treasure these moments <laughs> as uh, if they were your last if last we didn't mention mortal kombat in our previews is that that's still happening the sequel i think i ran off mortal kombat 2 as one of the okay. list of many okay so we've got um, more animated Mario later in the year, but what are we doing for our next episode? Next episode, to mark the release of Company of Heroes 3, we are doing Company of Heroes, a World War II drama war film, which I think the only connecting material to the games is that it's World War II and it's called Company of Heroes, but it's close Ooh. enough. Those are always great, those films, <laughs> which are just the title. But yeah, we rarely do. I don't think we've ever done any historical war films. I guess you would count In the Name of the King as historical. <laughs> yeah, that took place in history. That's, that's, that's actual history, right next to the Japanese gun-toting fairy tales. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that keep that's on, I think we last check was on Netflix. But yeah, watch it where you can, and we'll see you for... I come with heroes. But in the meantime, how can people keep in touch with games on film? You can find more information about the podcast and video game movies and TV shows on our website, gamesonfilm.witsite.com slash podcast. We post and retweet and share all kinds of video game, movie and TV news on our social media. So please follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at gamesonfilmpod. You can contact us, gamesonfilmpod at gmail.com and all episodes of the podcast are available wherever you get your podcasts, whether Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, Anchor. So please do like, rate, review, share, and subscribe where possible. I'm on Twitter at Rory Steele. I'm at OnlyManWhoCan. 
and the music for this episode was composed by David Lightfoot. I remember that at the start of this episode, I went, Mario! Mario! Which is, we didn't mention, that's how, like, the Peach, Princess Peach says Mario. Because we say, I think, Mario, and she went, she goes, Mario! So anyway, I just want, I'm just putting that clarification there. You're just wondering. Anyway, shall we wrap things up now? <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I've been Harry. I have been Rory. Take care. Goodbye. Bye.